No, I wouldn't do anything different. Um, I wish things would be a little different. Listen, uh, Coach Osborne was this way. He, he wasn't quick to crumble kids up and throw them away. Um, some of the kids that are in some of those situations, if, if they're gone out of this program, um, that road doesn't lead to very many good places. So as long as I'm here, I'm going to try to help these young men as much as I can. That's the promise I make to their parents when I sit in their living room and tell them we're going to try to help them no matter what. There's certain things that they know if they do, I'm not going to help them, and they're on their own. Um, but I, I want what's best for all these guys. So we're going to try to continue to help them as long as they can be helped. And um, there always comes to a point where you have to throw your hands up and say we tried. But uh, in, until then, we want to do what's right by them. Cause I think that's the right thing to do. And um, we certainly try to do everything we can for Mo, and hopefully it works out well. All right, and that was Scott Frost, uh, press conference, talking about the recently suspended, departed, not on the team, off the team, uh, Mo Washington. Uh, you know, heading into the bye week, uh, we were hoping just to get healthy, get everybody back on track, and kind of hit the reset button. But uh, the bye week was anything but boring um, with the, the news today of uh, Mo Washington uh, no longer on the roster. So welcome into the Big Red Revival podcast. Episode nine. I'm your host, Taylor Goldenstein. With me, as always, we got Zach Raby, the quarterback, and Drew Burson, the coach. Um, Zach, why don't you just kind of take us through your initial thoughts and opinions of the the news about the Mo Washington not on the team or not going to be on the team for the foreseeable future? My initial thought was um, the fact that Drew picked us to beat the bye week, and now I think it's safe to say that we did not do Definitely that. Definitely did not beat the bye week. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I, it's, I'm kind of still up in the air on it. Um, you know, it's, it's still kind of a fresh wound, um, I guess, to, to put it mildly. But um, I don't know. I'm hoping that it turns into a good thing. Uh, based on what I saw uh, with Diedrich Mills taking the podium right. uh, yesterday, Monday, in the, in the presser, um, he seems very, very ready to, uh, to, to kind of take on a, a larger load yeah. um, as far as carries go. And, um, you know, when he was asked, you know, if he's ready for that, he said, you know, most definitely I'm just ready to carry the ball and that's all. And right. That's what you're you know, looking for. I, um, yeah. And, you know, just kind of a side note on that, we would really be in trouble had we not got him eligible this season, because then we'd be looking at Wyatt Mazur potentially being our starting running back, nice. if not Ramir Johnson. And so right. that, that could have, uh, that could have been a really bad deal, but, you know, I think that, um, you know, he was. He was consistently having off the field issues. Right. And, you know, when you look back at last year when he was kind of just rising up to be, you know, potentially a star, you didn't hear anything about him in the offseason. You right. know, you maybe he would maybe where they were pushing under the rug. I doubt it, but it seems like there's a direct correlation between when he started getting in trouble and, you know, being in the public eye and stop scoring to, touchdowns. And stop scoring touchdowns. And <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I hate to see this for any player, right. any kid, no matter the team. But, you know, if, if this is something that has to be done to kind of remove that, you know, cancerous um, type of, you know, behavior in the locker room, then then it is what it is. Yeah. You know, and um, obviously you like uh, everybody likes loyalty in life. And we like Scott Frost's loyalty to, like we talked about last episode, uh, to his coaching staff that he brought all the way from UF. UCF um, to his players. Um, he's 
you know, gave Mo Washington two, three, four chances. You know, he kind of came in here with some baggage. He was uh, expelled from his high school fall, right after football season. So he had to transfer from Texas back to uh, Northern California, was kind of hopping around, living with uh, a pastor here, an aunt, uncle here, a coach here. Um, and then uh, wasn't sure if he was going to have the grades to make it. But, uh, you know, Frost told him, hey, if, you, if you're if you committing to us, we'll commit to you. And uh, it feels like Scott Frost and this staff has done – um, everything they can, you know, to try to help this guy out. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you can only help somebody that wants to help themselves. And uh, it's mm-hmm. an unfortunate situation, but, um, you know, Scott Frost has responsibility to the 100, 150 other kids on this team to, uh, you know, make, make a, the best decision for what's good for the team and not just for the one individual person. Drew, what do you think about the whole situation there with Mo Washington? Well, I think, you know, as time went on, he proved that he couldn't, couldn't keep it straight or do whatever he needed to do. Started getting right. suspended. Already came in with the baggage like you're talking about. And, you know, honestly, I feel like Frost and his staff went above and beyond and did everything they truly could to help him. And he just, you know, fell apart in the last year and just isn't mature enough to do what he needs to do to get it done and play big time football. Yeah. I mean, you know, playing at this level, it's a lot of responsibility. And unfortunately, not all kids are cut out to be, um, you know, to handle every aspect of life and be responsible enough to, uh, put in the commitment it takes to be a part of a major big time college football program. I mean, it's not just the, the weights and the practices it's, you know, it's the, uh, it's the, uh, the events, the um, going to class, getting good grades, um, you know? So it's, like I said, it's, he's Frost has a responsibility to the 150 other kids uh, make the necessary decision. So um, yeah. And like you said, and Taylor to kind of build on what you said too, it's right. just like, you know, all these all these players are, you know, going out there, they're doing the right things, they're going to class, they're attending meetings, you know, they're they're keeping their nose clean, you know, when right. when they're not, you know, around the other team. And when when a guy like this is a, a repeat offender, basically, you know, it's it doesn't really instill trust in your teammates that you're really bought in. And, you know, when when you when it comes down to whether, you know, you have a Diedrich Mills who is showing up and doing everything he needs to do as opposed to yep. Mo, who keeps getting in trouble. Right. Who do, who do you think the team around him is going to play harder for? Yeah, exactly. And it sends a b- bad message to their team. If some guys, mm-hmm. you know, not doing what he's supposed to be doing, but yet still on the field playing and, you know, getting second, third, fourth, fifth chances. And uh, you've been doing everything uh, asked of you, showing up every day, doing everything that the coaches ask you to do. And uh, you're not getting a look or you see a guy keep um, getting third and fourth chances. So, um, you know, I hope that this is a wake up call for uh, Mo Washington and he's able to whatever the situation is. Like I said, they won't tell us if he's suspended, kicked off the team or what. But, uh, you know, I hope he stays with the program and with the school because, you know, I think the guy needs a little structure in his life. But, um, Drew, do you give any uh, credence to the uh, fact that um, <laughs> this is kind of happening as Mo Washington has uh, began to be in a little bit of a slide playing wise? I don't think he's what scored a touchdown in the last four games or so. Do you think yeah. there's a little correlation between, you know, you're not you're not running the ball for us anymore, um, and you're messing up off the field? So, it, just a perfect storm of uh, he's in a got to go situation or what? Well, I mean, I think regardless if the guy was scoring touchdowns or not scoring touchdowns, if he was this big of an offender, you know, and with all the baggage he has, they're gonna have to kick him off eventually anyway. He's been suspended twice, right. but I do I do think, you know, him like on the psychological side and making big plays and being the best player you can be, if you're also getting in trouble off the field, that's definitely going to chip away at your ability to do what you need to do on the field. And so I don't know if he got in trouble first or started playing bad first, but I think 
each one of those bad things kind of built on each other and it just turned into bad stuff. You know, he's not playing good. He's getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. Zach, do you, uh, do you think this uh, possibility that this could maybe like galvanize the team? It maybe could be one of those uh, addition by subtraction type things. And uh, this uh, could maybe end up being a good thing for Nebraska and this team this season. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I kind of touched on this already, but obviously he was consistently having the off field issues and right. those, those actions, again, they don't instill trust in your teammates because as we found out this week, it's just a matter of time before the player decides whether he really wants to be a part of the team or not. Right. And in, and in this case, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like the team was a top priority for him, unfortunately. And, and again, I've said it before that that type of cancer can spread really, really quickly throughout a locker room. Right. So it could be a good thing for this team overall, but you, again, you hate to see a talent like that leave. Yeah. Um, you know, with uh, obviously his departure or suspension or whatever it is, um, you'd expect a big workload for uh, Dedrick Mills. And then you would, uh, behind him, you got uh, maybe Ramir Johnson, uh, Mazur and uh, Brody Belt. Um, what do you guys think about um, the, the backups behind uh, Watts coming into this week? Well, those two of I mean, the three you mentioned are walk-ons. So, I mean, I'm all for walk-ons, but I don't think at a major D1 program I want my starting running back to be a, a walk-on per se. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah, Ramir better be ready. I mean, it's, at this point, it's next man, next man up mentality. But as far as Mazur goes, you know, he's actually kind of impressed me so far this yeah. year. You know, he's been, he's been in throw, thrown into some difficult circumstances. Yep. And, but he's run hard, and he's, he's got a little bit of Burkhead in him in the – yeah, yeah but, I mean, yeah, a very poor man's Burkhead. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> very <Yeah>. poor man. <laughs> That's fine. And, you know, there's whatever. But see Belt, I'm going to be extremely concerned because he's basically the running back version of our Andrew Bunch. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, this week, um, obviously, fans and us on this podcast did a lot of clamoring to see some more freshman play. And, you know, Frost came out this week and said, well, you know, it's hard to win in the Big Ten in a big boy league with uh, – 18 and 19 year old guys in the trenches um, on offense and defense line. Um, what, what do you guys think about that? Is you, th- you think that freshmen are able to come in and play on the offense and defense line or what do you, I don't know. What do you want to see out of that? I think like to truly get, you know, really quality playing time, you don't want your whole offensive or defensive line to be freshmen, but I mean, there's been, you know, in the past, there've been freshmen that have played on the line, you know, right. and been really good. Cameron Robinson started all three years in the SEC. Obviously he's really good, but, you know, it can be done. Yeah. Um, you don't want your whole line to be freshman, but definitely if there's like one, two, maybe even three good enough to play, then throw them in. Absolutely. Zach? Yeah, I don't know. This just makes me think it could be one of two things. One, he doesn't trust his young guys yet, which, you know, is kind of a problem. Right. Or two, he's already looking to the future, and that's also somewhat of a problem. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, it's 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 obviously a big question mark because he doesn't explain anything to any of us. But I know, um, you know, it's yet to be determined. I guess. <laughs> you know, who's in, not who's playing, who's not, who's suspended for what, any of that stuff. But you know, I, I thought it was also kind of great that uh, you know Frost said it's hard to win in the trenches with eighteen and nineteen year olds in the Big Ten, but. Uh, you know, coming to this game, he wants to preserve uh, some red shirts for Ramirez. So he wants to come into this big time, big daddy league with a, a five foot nine walk on and a five foot eight walk on playing running back for us. So, um, you know, I would think it'd be difficult to win in the trenches with uh, five nine and five eight walk ons toting the rock for you. But, uh, you know, he doesn't see it that way for some reason. I, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think of that whole, you know, it's like, well, you say one thing, but then we're going to have a five nine, five eight walk on running backs around the ball in the trenches. So 
What What do you guys think about that? I again, I, I kind of think he's just looking to the future, and he wants right. to you know preserve preserve the young talent he has, and kind of allow them to all come up through the system together. Yeah, I mean. I guess, you know, we're already talking about the players needing to buy in and come, you know, be either all in or all out. I think they needed that from the – if I hear one more time about these goddamn red shirts and these walk-ons and not wanting to burn red shirts, it's, it's like there's five games less, left in this season. There's a lot to play for. Technically, we're still in the race and in a pretty good position uh, to win the Big Ten West. And to hear all this talk about next year and not burning red shirts, it just – I don't know. It just kind of uh, grinds my gears, irks me the wrong way because there's still a lot of season to be played and there's still a lot of things that could be accomplished this year. And I feel like everybody's kind of mailing it in, uh, hoping for next year. Um, What what do you think about that, Drew? A coach that's, you know, constantly talking about next year and not putting his focus on this uh, season. Uh, Personally, I hate it. I hate when people do that. I hate, I hate that really. It burns me up a lot. I don't like it. (laughs) Uh, I strongly disagree with that philosophy. I mean, it's, I'm here to win every time, don't care, best effort. Like, if I'm Scott Frost, I'm starting Ramier Johnson. Screw the red shirts. I don't give a shit. I'm trying to win right now. Let's go. Absolutely. Zach, what do you think? Uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, <laughs> it can go so many different ways at this point. I, I, yeah. I think that I, – I think it's just – it's frustrating um, to hear him, you know, kind of looking forward to next year. Right. At, when we're at a four and three record, right. but last year you didn't hear any of this kind of chatter. You, you heard, you know, we're going to keep getting better. And we did, we started zero and six, which was extremely unfortunate, but we bounced back and we started playing well towards the back end of the year. And it just, it seems like, you know, there's just a lot of things that are off with this team right now. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up, you know, just kind of talking about that kind of uh, brought up memories from our playing days. Um, obviously after our last game of the season, our senior year, um, I remember there was something that happened on the bus leaving the stadium that uh, kind of irked all of us seniors and uh, rubbed us all the wrong way. You guys remember what I'm talking about? I uh, do. Absolutely. Exactly. Go ahead and elaborate on that for us, Zach. Uh, yeah, so we, we got beat out. We got upset in the first round of the uh, the state uh, playoffs. And, I mean, they were a good team. You know, they were probably from top to bottom the better team. But yep. we, we still fought. You know, I remember Drew chasing down um, a defender who – unfortunately picked off one of my passes late in the game <laughs> easily easily could have let him let him you know run that back and yeah. kind of pour on us but um kudos to you drew on that uh but no we were we were on the way uh on the way back uh on the bus and uh, myself and one of our buddies were sitting there and we heard our head coach talking to two of the juniors about um plans for next season and you know kind of just a quick turnaround and right. there was just there was no there was no sort of you know connection between us and that coach and it's all good now but the coach just kind of turned the page on us right away and it was not a great feeling yeah turn the page on us you know and on the bus ride leaving <laughs> leaving the stadium after season end yeah and this coach staff in nebraska is almost turning the page on these guys with five fucking games to go i mean mm-hmm. to be a senior on this team you got to just be you know like asking if your coaches are all bought in i mean you saw right. uh, we saw what happened down there with uh houston where the senior quarterback, they got off to a rough start, and he said, you know what, next year we're actually going to be better. So I'm actually going to sit out the final eight games healthy for I can come back next year and play. I mean, <laughs> this is this is where we're at in, uh, in football and now they, in 2019. They, and now Houston's bounced back and actually looked decent the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what's going to happen. He's going to end up transferring out of Houston, and yeah. it's going to totally backfire on him. But 
just I don't know. I feel yeah, he's going seniors, to Oklahoma. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, he's going to win the Heisman next year at home, Oklahoma. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for these seniors in this this team and this fan base because I don't know. I just that press conference yesterday, Monday, just felt like we're at a funeral. It was just everybody was just well, you know, we went ones on ones, and you know. We got had to get away from each other, and I'm off now, and I went hunting because I, I need to just get away from football and everybody. It's like, get away from football. Fucking, you guys have played seven goddamn games. What do you mean get away from football? You guys are acting like you just had a deep playoff run or something. You're seven games into a season, and these guys are already, well, we need to get away from each other and just reset. So just the body language, the talking, the communication coming out of this team and this program, this coaching staff right now is just – mind-blowing and i hope maybe they're just uh holding something in to unleash it saturday but uh i i'll tell you that i don't have a good feeling about where this team is at and where it's going but uh no, it does not feel that way at all like do you think ohio state uh is doing what we what, what we did as a team you know right. like hell no they're firing on all cylinders exactly like i said it's not this isn't game you know we're not going into game 12 of the season where we're three win team it's like we're having a winning record and have control our own destiny to winning our division. I mean, I, our goals are still out ahead. Of <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Our goals are still mm-hmm. very obtainable and they're all in our hands. And we're talking about next year and not burning red shirts and to elaborate on this red shirt bullshit even farther. I mean, he's burning up red shirts, you know, having guys play three fucking plays a game. It's like, why, yeah. why are we going to put Chris Hickman and the tight end from Burke into uh, be on punt return and kickoff return? Is he fucking an All-American at kickoff return? I mean, why would we burn two games of or one game of his of his uh, red shirt because we needed him on uh, kickoff return? I Makes mean, no for sense. two Makes plays. No Makes no sense. Or, hey, we put Ramirez Johnson in for two games, and he's got three fucking carries between the two games he's burned up his red shirt here, but he wants to preserve, preserve him. It's like, if you're going to burn up a year, the guy needs to be getting 15 to 20 plays and probably 10 touches. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. the way Plus- he's – He's, yeah, he's handling it really stupid, but also, too, he's like, well, I need to save his red shirt. Well, guess what? He could get hurt on this play. <laughs> Don't save the games for later. Like, right. he might not play a fourth game in this after he plays his third game because he could get hurt, and then he still yeah. gets a red shirt. Like, what I don't the know. Hell? He's film, it's film like he's uh, like acting like it's a red shirt, like a snap count and not a yeah. fucking red shirt game. It's like, oh, only five plays. Only five. No. If you're going to play him, play him. Play him in the game, goddammit. But yeah, and especially in a game that's gonna—it's a winnable game. Right. It's gonna help launch you to a bowl game. All I want is for this team to go to a freaking bowl game. Right. Um, you know, so ESPN, you know, put out their projections for the rest of the season, and uh, ESPN's wonderful FPI system has uh, Nebraska finishing the season at four and eight, um, which tells you that we already have four wins and three <laughs> losses so if you do the math here espn is predicting us to lose every last one of our fucking games this season how does that make you feel yeah it doesn't make me feel great <laughs> yeah to say the least but i mean look at our opponents coming up i mean indiana is not to be overlooked at all no. I, I watched them play this last week and they they look they play football exactly how nebraska wants to play football and but the difference is they're actually executing and being tough up front against the run, being able to run the ball between the tackles and not turning over the ball. So it's, uh, you know, like you said, we're, we're going to be underdogs in the last five games of the season. Now the betting line came out for this week and uh, Indiana was plus two <coughs> coming out of it. But uh, you know, Nebraska fans jumped all over that and bet it down to now we're the favorite, but uh, the FPI still has Nebraska losing this game. So it's just, uh <laughs> 
I hate to call it a must win, but I, I honestly feel this is a must win game on Saturday coming up against Indiana. I agree. And we're at home. We're at home. We got to, I mean, we're, we're, these are going to be the two best opponents probably in Maryland, I guess. But still, if we win these two games, we're bowl eligible into a bye week. Right. So, exactly. It's, you know, if we can win these next two games and then go into the bye week, I think at, if we're sitting at six and six and three, we're playing with house money at that point. It's time to just let it all hang out. You already got to, we've accomplished the new adjusted goal of the season of just making the goddamn bowl game. So that gives you three <laughs> games left and you're just playing with house money. So, that should have been the original goal anyway, though. We just, that yeah. Kool-Aid gets me every time. It does. <laughs> preseason. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was awfully thirsty this summer. So, yeah, I was um, <laughs> so, but, um, so Saturday, uh, play, uh, 2.30. It looks like it's going to be a wonderful Saturday. Uh, it's going to be about 67, 68 degrees out. Um, coming off of bye week, who is this game going to – who are we going to find out more about after this game, the coaches or the players? Well, Zach. here comes uh, my weekly dose of Kool-Aid here. But to, me, right. to, to me, it's the players. Uh, it's, it, and we've heard it before. It's a young team that's had to mature very quickly over the course of the past two months. Um, and hopefully by hitting kind of the reset button this past week, it'll give them the opportunity to bounce back and finish the season strong. And I look at this, that Minnesota loss of, um, as a very similar scenario to the, to the loss at Purdue at home last year. Yeah. Um, if you remember that Purdue game, they flat out outplayed us. And they, yeah. were, they were a decent team at that time last year. And after that game, the tone was eerily similar to what it's been this week and last week. But that was the moment in the season where things started to really take off and get figured out, and we started to play good football. And with all the youth on this roster, I think it was just a matter of figuring out who this team is and what it can be. I don't know that we'll necessarily see the finished product out there on Saturday, right. but I do think that when this amount of adversity hits a team, one of two things happen. They either crumble and it just continues to get worse, or they dig down deep and do whatever it takes to survive in advance. And I'd like to think it's going to be the latter um, with our backs against the wall at this point, we get it done and put ourselves in a really good spot to finish out the season. Bowling. Right. So coming out, this game is going to, you know, tell us whether one, the coaches were able to mo- get the players ready to motivated enough to come out here and play with their hair, head of, hair on fire, or it's going to tell us that the players have already packed it in and they, you know, they're mental midgets and they can't handle the spotlight and the pressure. I mean, the guys are already, well, we had to delete our Twitter accounts because all the, uh, all the negativity. It's like, I mean, come on guys. I mean, is this just delete it and don't tell anybody, right? We're not going to feel bad for you. Exactly. Don't read it. I mean, you don't need to come out and say, I had to delete my Twitter because of the negativity. So Drew, who are we going to find out more about this game? Are we going to find out more about the coach's ability to coach and play with, uh, you know, a half, half deck of cards, because it sounds like Martinez is not going to be playing again. And there's a question of if, um, um, uh, Wandell is going to be back. Mm-hmm. So who, who are you going to learn more about on Saturday, Drew? For me personally, it's going to be the coaching staff and Coach Frost because they're going to have to bring their A game. They need to do a lot better job of scheming, calling yeah. plays, putting their play, make it easier on the players. You don't have the best players. So you got to make it easier on them, right? We're playing right. with not the best running backs. We're going to have to scheme them up. Like we've made no halftime adjustments. I don't, I feel like we've just been way less, um, way less deadly and explosive on offense this year, not just because of the players, but the plays we're calling too versus last year. So I know he's got the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they're crumbling under the expectations of this year, you know, all the stuff we're supposed to do. And now they're just kind of folded up and they're too tense or what, but I'm looking for him to scheme, make adjustments at halftime, get the defense in bad positions, put some freaking points on the board right? and, then, and play solid defense. Yep. So exactly. The, 
you got to start fast this game. I mean, Frost, you know, whenever he wins the coin toss or whatever, he's the one of the few coaches that takes the ball because oh he wants God. to uh, put his offense on the field right away. So far, that's backfired on us the last three games. Um, basically, they've went uh, three and out against Ohio State. Uh, turnover on Downs last game at Minnesota after a long sustained drive that was, you know. Um, Encouraging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's um, if we go that route, it's going to be, like I said, we're gonna, it's going to be a beautiful day out Saturday. The crowd's going to be into it. It's a black black jersey game, so you're wearing the alternate jerseys. You're representing the the uh, the black shirts defense. So it's like these guys need to come out and start fast. And I I think the biggest key, honestly, is scoring first. Whether that's on the first possession or not, Nebraska needs to get points on the board before um, before Indiana because that they have don't have the mental makeup to uh, you know once they get punched in the mouth once or twice to uh, come back you know from behind. So. I think getting out to a early lead uh, would do this team a lot of justice. So um, I don't know what else do you guys see for you know for Nebraska coming out Saturday. Well, the, the stats that kind of the stats that you just mentioned are really really not in our favor. We obviously we just haven't been scoring much lately. Right. Um, we only we average three offensive touchdowns per game. That's it. Yep. And that's not what that's not what we signed up for with with Frost as our coach. I mean that's 79th nationally. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, we only are averaging two and a half red zone scoring attempts. So we're only in the red zone on average two and a half times per game right now. Yikes. That's 116th nationally. Oh, you know, man. we're we're not even cracking the top 50 on any average scoring, um, you know, points per game. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just top 50 we're, in any, any major category. No, I know. And, fucking defense. It's just, you know, it's not even just the first downs or, you know, third down conversion. I think we're sitting at like 40%, which, you know, that's not going to, that's not going to get you anywhere either. It's like at some point something's got to get figured out and we need to start, you know, again, we beat this to death, but get our identity and start to see the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of just bad, bad stats, um, you know, over the last three games, Nebraska has 20 plays that, uh, you know, our, what we define as explosive plays, plays over 10 yards, had 20 plays over the last three games that are over 10 yards. And then on the ladder of that, we've had 36 plays go for no gain or a loss of down or a loss of yardage. And that's not, that's not, I'm not talking about incompletions. I'm talking about you throw a screen and it's no gain or a loss of one or runs. that get stuffed in the backfield, 36 plays. That's 12 games per, per game, 12 plays per game that we're either losing yards or getting no yards at all. And that's not counting incompletions. Ah. So it's just, it's too many of those plays and not enough explosion plays. I mean, I feel like, you know, we only throw the ball deep, you know, I'm talking 15, 20 yards of air down, down the field once or twice a game. It's, you know, we've got to take some shots and kind of loosen up that defense. Let them know that we're willing to try to take the top off the defense, whether we complete the pass or not. It's just a matter of putting it in their head, you know? So um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, you know, Indiana is uh, n- number 18 in the country in total defense. So they put up 30 points in every single one of their games, except for the Ohio state game. So these guys can score the ball and they can stop, stop teams. So it's a, uh, Nebraska going to need to have their a game on Saturday to, uh, you know, to make sure that uh, we're able to get a win or, you know, at least keep the game close. Yeah. So I'm really looking for speaking of that, keeping the game close and making plays and uh, all those yep. negative plays. You know, I'm really looking for the offensive line to step up this week coming out of the bye week. Um, a lot has really kind of fallen on their shoulders and their inability to get what they need to do consistently done. 
But I was looking at some stats, and of all the quarterback pressures Adrian Martinez has had this year, which is 56 times on 180-some pass attempts, uh, 27 of those, so basically half of the time he's been pressured, they haven't brought a blitz. Jeez. So, so, I mean, that's well, even great. yeah, even Frost <laughs> mentioned he wouldn't even want to play behind this offensive line at one point in the press conference. Today. Right. Yeah, that's so, not that's not great. Yeah. So he. So yeah, I don't want to play behind this line, but uh, in this bye week, I'll make absolutely no fucking changes to it at all, just <laughs> to even shake it up. I mean, you know, it's it's getting ass nine at this point. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it's I don't know if the departure of uh, Mo Washington is going to make a difference. Or, you know, someone's, uh, you know, things start to go left this season. You know, maybe somebody on the coach staff loses the job. And, I mean, we're all grown adults and we've seen people at work, uh, you know, get fired. And, you know, what that makes everybody else do at, uh, at the job is yeah. fuck her the fuck up. Like, oh, yeah. cannon people, fuck, you know, I better, I better get my shit right. I ain't coming <laughs> in three minutes late no more. You know, it's like when you see somebody lose their goddamn job, that makes everybody else pucker up. And yeah. know, maybe that's makes what needs to happen. Up. Yeah, <laughs> at least for a little bit, you know, you right. may fall back in your old ways, but you know, seeing somebody lose their job or their position, you know, that'll make everybody's uh, ears pop up a little bit. So, oh, yeah. well, even Lamar yeah. Jackson last year, think about how much better that's that's treated him. Exactly, exactly. Look how well it's done that guy. So, uh, you know, during the bye week, uh, or obviously where his other teams playing, and uh, the uh, big time Wisconsin Badgers uh, kind of sleepwalking through maybe uh, looking ahead to this week playing Ohio state, but uh, went into Champaign and got upset on a last second field goal, which has now shaken up the big 10 West and AKY wide Nebraska still has a chance. They pull their heads out of their ass to, uh, you know, to win the West. But uh, what'd you guys think of that uh, game uh, for Wisconsin? Well, I think we should be thanking them for the re- recipe to beat Wisconsin. Yeah. To put it to put it very uh, simple, I mean, I'm just glad we got Illinois and we did. I mean, yes. right. they're they're starting to play with everybody now, and after yep. kind of a rough start and getting beat by what Eastern Michigan, yeah, right. They've, uh, I mean, they they've still lost some games, but at the same time, they're they're playing with everybody, and they're yeah, kind they of a gave, scary uh, team right now. They gave Michigan everything they wanted yeah. last uh, yeah. last Saturday. It took Michigan, uh, got up on them early, and then gave it all back, and then uh, finished them off late. But uh, I mean, they played with Michigan the entire game. And then uh, came to you know came and knocked off Wisconsin that ain't that hadn't given up a touchdown yeah. in four or six games. So, but we uh, saw. I, it, I mean, we we saw how tough that Illinois defense is oh, too. Man, I mean, that was hitting. They were hard hitting. Like they, yeah. I mean, you know, they're they're obviously a decent team, and maybe yeah. Lovey Smith finally got them going in the right direction. Well, and they yeah. were beating us for uh, more most of the game, also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they sure the hell were. So, uh, with that, you know, with that win, that puts. Uh, Good old uh, row your boat and Minnesota in first place and undefeated and in the driver's seat in the Big Ten West. And it's their uh, tough game. But, um, you know, you're going to find out that Minnesota is actually a really good team. No, I think they're going to get a rude awakening with Penn State, <laughs> Iowa, and Wisconsin all in the month of November. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it toughens up for them. But uh, I don't know. They play, they play hard, though, man. They really do. Their defense plays hard and their running backs and their O line, their quarterbacks, yeah. they all play pretty tough. I think they're competitive. Yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them come out of the West and represent the uh, Big Ten West in the conference championship game. But, um, but you know, who knows? Like I said, there's a lot of seasons. That's what we all predicted, though, right? You know, so it's no surprise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's who we all had. Um, you know, with the kind of uh, the bye week, uh, just kind of looking for other things, you know, discuss without a game to break down. You know, obviously a couple things came up. But, uh, you know, I wanted to ask 
you know, since, you know, last week's bye weeks, Nebraska's on TV. Um, and Nebraska's obviously been down for the last 20, 20 some years or whatever. Is there another team that you guys like, a top end team that you guys follow that uh, you kind of root for that's actually a good team and has a chance to win or any other programs you guys follow? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say top end. I mean, can you guess mine? No. Uh, if, it, if anything, I'd have to say Iowa State. Iowa um, State, Jeez. Well, you know, my, my wife is an alum there, and I, yeah. I lived near Ames for several years. And right. I will say, you know, living in, in that, whatever you want to call it over there. Shit. Um, for, the, for the most part. <laughs> that shit. <laughs> for, for the most part. Uh, Iowa State does respect the shit out of Nebraska, the Nebraska football program. Well, and and another thing we can all agree on is they hate the Hawkeyes as much as we do. Yeah. So yeah, I can I can really get on board with that. Yeah, an enemy uh, of yeah. an enemy is a friend. So, yeah, <laughs> Drew. Drew, what about you? Other teams that you follow or root for? Or... Yeah, I've kind of uh, you know it sounds weird being a Husker fan, but I've kind of uh, started enjoying watching Oklahoma over the last few years. I, I kind of like Lincoln Riley and their explosive offense, and uh, yeah. you know it's, it's crazy to see what he does, the, the routes, the combos they run, and just how uh, how how well they execute their offense and you know cycling quarterbacks, cycling quarterbacks, and they all get it done. So I've kind of become a fan of them. I'm kind of like a a down low fan of Kansas just because of Les Miles and seeing what's going to happen there. Yep. No, uh, uh, for myself, um, yeah, it's Oklahoma too. I mean, I've, I've liked Oklahoma even when we were back in the Big 12. Um, I don't know. They've always had my respect. And then, um, you know, along with Baker Mayfield, he's, he's my favorite college player of all time. So while he was there, I was, you know, trying to tune into each and every Oklahoma game. And, you know, they run a brand of football that's fun to watch. I mean, especially yeah. now under Lincoln Riley. I mean, they're about to have – three straight Heisman quarterbacks. So uh, they're a fun team to watch and they're not in the SEC. So that, uh, <laughs> that helps uh, be easier to root for them. But, and then like uh, Tennessee, uh, <laughs> no idea why I like Tennessee or follow them a little bit. They're checkered ends. Uh, mainly <laughs> because I, I love their uniforms uh, <laughs> and they're not like deep South, South, you know, so, like the other SEC teams. So <laughs> they're the Northern school out of the SEC, but uh them and then a little bit of ASU, uh, yeah. you know, just from my time li- living down in uh, Phoenix and whatnot. Uh, it's good to see them doing well. Uh, yep. You know, Herm Her- Her- just got those guys rolling. So, but uh, you know, besides that, like I said, I'm just overall a college football guy. So uh, even when weekends Nebraska not playing, I'm sitting on the couch watching everything. So um, it was so it was so less stressful, so much less stressful this last Saturday. Like, was. You know, I mean, it was still stressful because my gambling wasn't necessarily on point but um <laughs> at least i didn't have to like sweat through a husker game for three and a half hours yeah <laughs> so uh before we get into our wonderful gambling picks um i'm gonna ask this last question uh, at 6 p.m on saturday if nebraska is four and four where does this team and this program go from there Zach. to the bar Zach to the bar. So gate gate twenty five then, and or uh, it, it, I don't think at that point it's going to matter. Yeah, the, just uh, the Irish find bar. somewhere where they can pour you on strong one. Yeah, Drew, <laughs> Drew, what do you think? I mean, if we if we're four and four, that'll just tell me more and more about this coaching staff um, and negative stuff that I don't really want to know because they've mailed it in, the players have mailed it in. But I mean, they're the set, they're the ones setting the tone. So if they're already like we're four and four and it doesn't look good, yeah, I mean, yikes. It's um, – I, I think if come Saturday night, Nebraska finds himself at 500, um, I'm, I'm going to have to tend with uh, ESPN and say that we're going to go four and eight. Yeah. And, uh, 
unfortunately, a four and eight season back to back. That will be that'll be three years in a row. Nebraska has been left out of bowling season. Mm. Um, obviously, unacceptable, um, especially second year in the program. Um, you get we finish four. We finish not in the bowl game. Four and eight, five and seven. Unfortunately, Frost is going to have to let some key players go on this coaching staff. Um, yeah. Whether that's offense, defense coordinators, old line coach, somebody's head's got to roll for that kind of season. So we hope that it doesn't get to that point. But just saying, we get to four, we Saturday night. Nebraska's four and four. We've got some long. We got a long six weeks left of this season. So well, um, I, I still think that our re and you said it before our re our reset expectations or goal for this season is. Get to the six win, get to the bowl game, get that extra month of practice. Yep. Possibly, you know, you're probably going to possibly get yeah. that seventh win. And then yep. all of a sudden you're looking at a three win improvement. If you can right. do that and get two or three more wins on top of that next year, all of yep. a sudden we're looking at nine or 10 wins and we have all the momentum going forward. Exactly. It's just bowl game or bust. And that's the only thing yep. by hook or crook. We need to get there and, for this team and this program just as a slump buster, you know, fucking you cannot go three years without making a goddamn bowl game at a university like this. So, um, you know, as Zach mentioned, uh, you know, Nebraska was off last Saturday. So um, my gambling picks were going on, but uh, you know, I had another strong week, uh, four and one. So, uh, you know, your boy's back, back in the money, feeling good. Uh, two games over 500 for the season. So uh, somehow, like I said, I bet basically against UCLA every single week. And uh, <laughs> for some reason, uh, these motherfuckers got me last week on, what was that, Friday night they played? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. Uh, I'll be betting against them this week again. So, like, and, um, <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, why don't we run through our picks real quick and then let's uh, get out of here. All right. All right. Uh, um, I went two and three, unfortunately, last week. Um I have fallen to two, I think two games below 500 or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. Got to dig out, got to dig myself out of the hole a little <laughs> bit, but I like this board a lot better than I did last week. So um, just to get it going here um, to start, I like Penn state minus six and a half at Michigan state. Okay. Um, I, I think Penn state's going to be just fine. They've, they showed that they can, you know, live up to the, live up to the challenge yeah. there. They've had a little bit of a gauntlet these last three games. So. Yeah, so and they've they've done what they needed to do. Yep. Um I like Texas minus one and a half at TCU. Um have you seen TCU's uniforms they're wearing? Looking pretty clean. Uh they're looking okay. They're looking pretty clean. clean. They're looking pretty clean. Uh, <laughs> and you know that uh their quarterbacks are starting freshman from Council Bluffs. Yeah. That, that yeah. Max, oh, Max, did you see that Max, run he had last Max week? Dugan, yeah, that guy yeah. can fucking play. He he ran over the entire defense yep. and scored a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was... on the it was on the uh the Sunday countdown show. Yeah, so yep. he's doing big things over there. Yeah, he he looked good. Um, North Carolina minus three against Duke. Um, normally, you don't bet that unless it's basketball, but here we are. Um, <laughs> uh, Texas Tech minus three at Kansas. Kansas had like a big time letdown against yeah. Texas last week, yeah. so I think they're going to kind of feel that feel that hangover a little bit. Um, Notre Dame money line at Michigan. Um, bye bye Harbaugh. That'll be the last straw. That'll be it, huh? That'll be it. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he's already 
searching into exit strategies. Yeah. Um, so oh. like you can't really put that public. That's not great. Yeah, not great. <laughs> um, and then for the Nebraska game, I uh, just wanted to throw it out there. I will be watching it at a Husker watch party at the Duck Dive in San Diego. Oh on shit! Oh. So if you're out in the San Diego area, uh, you know, look up your boy. Yeah, <laughs> holler up your boy at the Duck Dive. Fucking, it's a Husker bar. Throw him back. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's yeah, it's right there on the water. So I'm yep. pretty excited about that. But I like us minus one against Indiana. Okay, Zach's taking the scariest. Drew, where you at? All right. So uh, last week we only had five games of the six because the Huskers were off. I'm a uh, I was two and three, so still keeping it below 500 on the weekly basis and the yearly basis. We're um, about 12 games under 500, but at this point, so if you've been uh, taking my picks and doing the opposite, you'll be 12 games up. I'm making rich there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unfortunately for Zach, uh, I have some similar games as him, uh, but not all the same. So I have Illinois plus nine and a half at Purdue. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of beat up. Illinois is playing good. I think that, uh, you know, they, they'll they be, you know, they, they'll be a great team in cover. Yep. I also got Penn State minus six at Michigan State. What I, Shit. What I got. Shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Zach, so that's not hitting. <laughs> I know you're down there. I got uh, <laughs> Texas minus one at TCU. Yep. So Max Double Duke, shit. Yeah, Max Duke's gonna throw for four hundred and run for a hundred. Uh, North Texas minus four and a half at Charlotte. Going down to North Texas, eh? Oh yeah, mean green, baby. <laughs> yep. Then I also got Notre Dame. Notre Dame plus one at Michigan. Harbaugh, bye bye. Yep. Um, uh, Well, for the Nebraska bet, also, I got Nebraska-Indiana under. I think it's going to be a defensive battle here. Uh, I want it to be a high, exciting game, but uh, I'm hoping, you know, if Indiana plays tough defense, I'm hoping we play tough defense. Right. We get into a slugfest, and we – I hope we we win, but I'm going to take the under 52. Okay. Well, uh, for myself, looking at uh, the USC-Colorado game, uh, unfortunately, Colorado's (laughs) – they won their Super Bowl against us and uh, decided (laughs) to – turn in their fucking jerseys after that because they've done nothing since. So um, I got USC minus 13 at Colorado. Uh, the Wisconsin-Ohio State game, which, um, you know, was setting up to be a nice top five matchup until uh, Illinois had upset Wisconsin. Um, still think it's going to be a really good game, competitive. Um, I'm taking the overs on uh, the Wisconsin-Ohio State game. And then uh, going down to the SEC, uh, got LSU playing Auburn. LSU is fucking humming. I mean, um, what's uh, the quarterback? Um, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Joe Burrow, you know, Joe Burrow's completing almost 80% of his uh, passes, which is unfucking heard of. Clearly the front runner for the Heisman at this point. And they just seem like uh, they're steamrolling ahead, uh, you know, heading into that Alabama game. So I like LSU minus 10 and a half. And then uh, I think we all had this one, the Notre Dame at Michigan. I like, I got Notre Dame at plus one. And then, uh, you know, my UCLA bet of the week, taking Arizona, <laughs> taking Arizona State minus four, uh, playing UCLA. Into uh, Nebraska. Nebraska, like you said, this is a must win for this team, this coaching staff, this program, and this state come Saturday. It's going to be a beautiful fall afternoon, 68, 69 degrees. Nebraska and Indiana, I'm taking the overs. I like a high-scoring affair, 38-31. Nebraska and uh, get the thing back on the right track. But uh, I like it a high score and fair. So I'm taking the overs at 50. So um, anything else from you guys? Let's go. Let's yep. uh, let's, let's get it done and, and right the ship here. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, if you're going to be out in the San Diego area, holler at your boy, Zach, get at him on Twitter. 
Uh, I'll be attending the uh, the Blur Party tailgate down there at uh, at the game. Drew, I think you're headed to the game. Is that correct? Yep. I got tickets. I'll be in the stadium. So we're all going to be doing our thing and uh, rooting on the Huskers. Hopefully uh, we can, you know, get get a win and uh, get this thing back on the right track. So uh, go Big Red, and we'll see you guys next week.